Hey, welcome to another episode of SoFly. Before we get started with the episode, we just have to let you know that there was a problem with the microphones. My microphone and Yilma's microphone. We feel so bad about it. We take a huge amount of pride in having great audio on this podcast, but damn it, something happened and we don't know what it was and the microphones didn't work properly. So listen, it's a great interview. This is an interview with John Giuliani from Sault Ste. Marie and Ray Blades and Terry Doors. We had such a good chat about the fishing and the river and the St. Mary's Rapids. Uh, it was just, it was such a good chat. So we didn't want to do it again because you can't go back and kind of remake that. But want to let you know that, uh, yes, there is a problem with the microphones. We're sorry. It won't happen next time. Uh, but thanks so much for kind of sticking it out with us on this episode. And again, it's mostly John and Ray talking about the amazing fishing trip they had in Sault Ste. Marie. Um, so enjoy the show. And uh, next time, the microphones will be amazing for episode 100. Thanks so much for listening. Now, hey, Bill, come record the Drift Dad. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Drift Outfitters. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you in part by Drift Outfitters, located in downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Drift Outfitters is your source of all things fly fishing. From waders to boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check it out on their website for the latest upsta- updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online orders and phone orders is a great way to get what you need. And their shipping is free across Canada on orders over 100 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. That's driftoutfitters.com. Hello, welcome to another episode of SoFly. My name is Mitch, uh, and of course, we've got Yelma. How are you doing, everyone? Welcome, Yelma. I'm going to turn you up a little bit, actually. Uh, and we're uh, we're super excited today because we've got uh, episode 27 guest and managing editor of Ontario Doors, Ray Blades. Ray, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. It's excited that you're on the show again. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be got... back. I mean, it's, been a, it's been too long. It's been a while. Episode 27? Like, this is episode 99. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, still glad got the that, I'm glad that you're back. Ray, you still got the oh, flow. Yeah, that flow's, that flow's <laughs> looking good. The beard's looking better than ever. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're super stoked that you're on. We're going to be chatting. Uh, we've also got another guest on the show today. Uh, today we're going to be actually talking about a trip Idis and Ray recently took to fish with guide John Giuliani up in northern Ontario in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, more specifically, they were fishing the St. Mary, Mary's River Rapids, which is an iconic fishing location, uh, one of the best in Ontario. The rapids holds all kinds of species of fish, including steelhead, rainbow trout, Atlantic salmon, and more. Um, and on this trip, they were chasing steelhead, which we'll talk about. Uh, but firstly, let me introduce the man himself, guide John Giuliani. Uh, John grew up fishing the rapids with his twin brother, Joe, at the age of four. His dad, who came over from Italy in 1952, bought a house only a block away from the rapids, which is amazing, and took John and his brother up to fish often. Uh, he spent the rest of his life fishing the rapids and getting to know them with the, like the back of his hand. He started guiding when he was 17 years old. And at this time, fly fishing kind of really took off on the river uh, which caught the attention of writers and anglers from all over Canada and the U.S. Uh, John went to college to become a machinist, uh, but as John says, that was really just to make his dad happy. Uh, he actually ended up guiding full-time on the river, and he still guides to this day, and he loves every minute of it. But today, he's on SoFly. John, how's it going? Very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming That's on. awesome. Lots to talk about today. I mean, we've you know we've yeah, actually never talked about the Sioux or the St. Mary's Rapids, but they're like one of the best places to go fishing in Ontario, like in, even maybe in Canada, 
Like they're super iconic. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like I said, especially with this past, you know, year and a half, two years that we've been going through all this, you know, can't leave the province, you know, every, you know, now we realize what's in our backyard. So that's why uh, this past year, last year was out of 30 some years of guiding last year was my busiest year. Oh, wow. No way. You know, yes. You know, guys couldn't go to the salmon camps out east. Guys couldn't go to the steelhead camps out west. So you want big rivers. You had to come up and see me. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Eh? Yeah, like yeah, it really totally. is a big, wide river. Uh, you know, like quite like a like a west sort of river. It's a space swinging kind of river, right? Like there's just a ton of water. It, it is. Yeah, it all depends on what they got. To, as far as they got uh, the water levels set at, it's, it's 16 compensating gates, eight U.S., eight Canadian. Okay. And uh, actually, when Ray I had when I had Ray up, the water was high on. Um, the Canadian side, or in the rapids in general, there was like one gate open. Um, so we couldn't really wait out. So uh, we did a lot of fishing from closer to the shore, and we fished uh, the inside of the berm, which had some great runs, some great pools. Um, but now they dropped it down to uh, 0.5 of a gate. So that's their basically their winter setting. Right. So no big ice flows go through and whatnot. Uh, but that's because Lake Superior is low. We haven't had any rain up here. So you do that at this time of year and put it down to 0.5 of a gate, you can walk straight, basically right across and fish all the big pools, oh, like right on the American side. So the swinging is definitely phenomenal. Oh, man, right on. No, I can dig that. Yeah. Right on. yeah. I've always wanted to go up there, and it's thanks for making that uh, a reality, John. And it's uh, I think the thing for me is I've, I've had sort of – the the rapids have kind of been a bit of a of an enigma for me because it's kind mm -hmm. of it sort of seems like you're fishing a river but there's all this stuff going on about access and the berm and and this and that and it it's yeah. uh and once you kind of get there and fish it for yourself it it all makes sense but it is it is kind of one of the most unique setups I've 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 fished in my life where you have like the main river and I forget you know the you know the details much better than me but it's it's like what a couple hundred yards wide there where you're fishing it yeah it's wow. about, uh, yeah a couple hundred yards wide and uh you know about a mile long and it's, yeah, it's, it's dropping like tw 20 feet 20 feet over about yeah. a, a mile mile and a half so it's got it has a, some a serious gradient and yeah, then you have was saying he was saying like off yeah. the berm it just drops right off like you're walking along a concrete wall it just goes straight down yeah i saw the yeah, pictures of that it's, it's holding it's holding back lake superior so you're getting all that clear fresh water coming cold fresh water coming out of superior so it's it's gin clear and cold and then you have that, that, you hit it right on the head there right that's that's a that's a what made the rapids what it is today and then yeah. you have a berm there's a berm that runs a, a man-made berm that runs sort of yeah. parallel to the, the river so it's that's part of the unique setup because it's not it's not just the main river you're fishing you have you have access from the, the the Whitefish Island through to the berm, so you have that inside water. Then you have the main water access. It's it's just a really unique setup and pretty interesting to fish. So you're not just fishing the sides; like you can get kind of in the different spots. Absolutely, oh, that's cool. Okay, where before they had that berm wall, yeah, the beer at the mercy of the water that that's was coming it. down, and you know, as soon as they opened that uh, two gates or a gate and a half, yeah, you know, you either fished out of a canoe. Which a couple of crazy guys did back then, but uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, you fish from the shore. I researched some afterwards. I researched some of the like historic photos from from there, yeah. 
and seeing those old black and white photos of people fishing, like you said, fishing from canoes and a, just like a straight wall of water coming down. And you're like, wow, yeah. that has yeah. to be a bit of a rush. That's wild. Well, we're going to we're going to get into the trip in a minute. Um, but I think talking about the rapids is like, you know, just there's so much to the rapids as we're already seeing. Um, let's 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 get to know John a little bit as an angler guide. Uh, and kind of just like get into a little bit of how you got into fishing and guiding. Um, and then we'll kind of get into the rapids and what makes them special. But like, first of all, you got into the, the fishing game at the age of four because your dad took you out. Was that fly fishing at that point or was it just gear? No, no. My dad was, a, he was a, a spin fisherman, fished a lot of spawn. Um, you know, back then uh, it was all meat fishermen back then, yeah. you know, in the 60s and stuff like yeah. that. But um and like I said, that was before the berm where you really couldn't fly fish it, you know. So it was when I was 16 years old, that's when they built that berm wall. So they shut all the water off. They brought all these big machinery in there. And they built this berm wall to basically create a nursery on the inside where that one gate was. So no matter what they did with the levels of the, the gates, it wouldn't get any lower than what that inside of the berm is. So it would, wouldn't dry up the shoreline, wouldn't dry up all the spawning beds. And you can see it now, like Ray said, when I had him out, we were basically fishing the salmon fry hatch uh -huh. in the spring. And, and you know, the natural reproduction that you see there now is just incredible. And it's because of that berm? Um, it's because of that berm okay. wall, yeah. Oh. Because, like I said, you know, they'd have two gates open, they would shut it down to a half a gate, and bang, it would dry out that whole shoreline. So it was actually the municipalities of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, that came together in 85, and put a six million dollar project together and said, "Hey, let's do this in the rapids." Biologists, you know, the universities. You don't see that stuff anymore very no, often no, in a lot of places. No, totally. You know, for the fishery Not itself. Enough, yeah. And, you know, and then that's where I was. I was 16 years old, and then next next thing you know, uh, the Atlantic Salmon Program was just kicking in at Lake State University on the U.S. side, and that first run came back in '87. So that kind of all fell into place and then the, all these writers are coming from everywhere and i was just a kid in there catching fish one after another That's wild, so then uh yeah just writers started up. writing about me and so started guys started you know i started guiding so you started fishing at four but it wasn't until 16 once that berm was in and the river was turned into a fly fishing river. that's when you became a fly angler right right i was literally when they were building that berm wall for that one year i was literally walking through every hole memorizing every hole and then there was only two big holes in the middle of the river that would actually have water that were escaping from the the gates itself okay. one was called the canadian hole and it was full of steelhead it was full of rainbows while well, the, the whole summer while these guys were you know having their lunch sitting on this cement broom while watching me out there and you know you're, you're getting seven eight pound rainbows you know sipping on caddis and uh so it didn't take me long to figure it out i would just swing a muddler right on top that size 10 and uh, it was like a moose in a china shop, man. They would just tear right into it. You know? so, yeah, so before so that, that, you would just fish like the, the wide river just from the shores kind of thing. Right. You bottom bounce it. It was okay. float fishing. You'd never, it was so fast, you would never, ever get the drift. You gotcha. know, a few guys would come up and, uh, but we would call spin the fly where we would use big muddler minnows, you know, mm -hmm. two odds. Yeah. And but we would use it on the long leader, just like they do now in the Niagara and stuff like yeah. that. And we would, you know, in the summertime, we use bucktails, you know, because the, the smell patterns and stuff like that. But yeah, and then once once the Americans started coming around, they actually wanted me to just point the fish out 
and these guys were on their game, right. you know what I mean? So they taught me how to fly fish, and I taught them, and I showed them where the fish were. Yeah, yeah. You know, so basically they would say, okay, Johnny, I'd say, yeah, there's a steelhead right there. they say, okay, I'll take it from here. <laughs> and, yeah, they, they basically, throughout the years, you know, they, they basically, like I said, I, 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 I learned how to fly fish with my clients. So when right. you've been fishing the river your whole life from 4 to 16, they put that berm in, and that first time you go to those pools and start seeing those fish, like, what was going through your mind? Oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, it, it was, it was crazy. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, the only, uh, it was my father and I that were only basically got started catching these Atlantics yeah. and, uh, returning them back to the, the lab, mm -hmm. to the lake state. Right. And so they really started working with my dad and I, and, uh, uh, they would, uh, have transmitters in their heads and, kind of fine-tuning the program uh there was alewife in the system so they weren't reproducing there was a you know that diamond deficiency in them where you know steelhead atlantic salmon don't really reproduce so yeah. but as the years went on they went stop stocking fingerlings went to the eight or ten inch yearlings put them in dropped the the 90,000 fish that they were putting in down to 30,000 and it was unbelievable the next two or three years there was atlantics everywhere so the next thing you know, that movie, A River Runs Through It, comes out. And uh, every American there. wants to learn how to fly fish. Yeah. You know, totally. So it was unbelievable how, like I said, uh, you know, Orvis got a hold of me and you know, it, it went, just took off from there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. man, that's amazing. Yeah. So you were, like, you were learning to fly fish from these, these anglers coming up. Like, guys, guys from all over the world. All over the you world. Know, guys from all over the world. Yeah, they're, the biggest quote was uh hemingway called it uh, the best rainbow trout fishery in the world hemingway when, came to fishing you know, holy shit you know so when, when that got out it got it got the attention of a lot of people mm -hmm. especially the americans wow so you hemingway know, wow. came up to fish the rapids oh he fished the rapids back in the day yeah he fished all of the up of michigan yeah. and uh he he said it he said it a lot a lot of times he's got it in his in his in his stories yeah. that were he said that the, the rapids of the St. Mary's in the Ontario Sioux uh, holds the, the best rainbow trout fishery that he's ever had. It's amazing. Wow, it's incredible. Jeez. That's pretty cool. It's That's quite really the history cool. that the rapids yeah. have. I mean, so yeah. the, the berm that they built was that um, was that in support of the Atlantics? Like it was for that cause? No, okay. not for the Atlantics. Basically, yeah, for the rainbow trout. Okay, because it was uh, uh, the Sioux St. Mary Ontario side. There was the, it was the rainbow trout division and. That was about a year before the Atlantics was basically introduced, but there was a couple of guys that were biologists from the U.S. side that were keen on the rapids. They called it the St. Mary's Rapids Foundation, and uh, yeah, they just got together and they put that that money into, you know, creating a nursery. They they knew it. They knew that it could be better by the way they would open and close these gates. They would always. You can never really talk to the you know International Corps of Engineers. They set up their mind. They don't care about the fishermen. If they're going to open water, it was for levels of the Great Lakes. If Superior was down, they would open it if it was in the middle of spawning or not. You know, so they built this berm wall, you know, to improve that spawning. Right. It would literally blow gravel out before that, yeah. you know. There were, but, yeah, now it's, like I said, uh, um, we had a, a fish hatchery on the Canadian Sioux in the early 90s. And uh, they planted like 90,000 steelhead a year. But after about three or four years, because it was municipally run, 
they kind of shifted their money somewhere else and they cut that whole hatchery thing out of the way. And I said to myself, man, you know, there goes those, you know, 20 fish days of steelhead that I'm going to be getting. But the wild strains took over. You know, it was unbelievable yeah. because that burn wall, the natural reproduction and the big rainbows that we had, the steelhead runs, you know, they, that nursery really did it. That's amazing because, you know, yeah. we always hear of like fisheries declining over time. But like, you know, you're saying the fishing was amazing back then. Has it held up? Is the fishery as incredible? Oh, fishing's better. Fishing's better now. It's better now. Yeah, fishing's better now because way back then, all the locals uh, would fish on top of the train bridge, and the train bridge is right at the head of the the rapids. Right. And when they're fishing off these train bridges, the, li the limits were five uh, trout per angler. And when you're fishing off a train bridge, they would use like a big round. Uh, hoop net where you would throw it over the edge and you know kind of just lure the fish into the net after you caught them on a spawn bag and lift them up well you catch your five and then you go home and, keep them and since was since wisconsin bought the railway they shut the fishing for liability purposes off the the train bridge and that was in probably the early 2000s so like it's unbelievable how how i've seen it in the last 15 to 20 years or it's, it's bounced back it's just unbelievable the fishing yeah like it's just bounced back big time yeah. They lowered the limit to two, you know, like I said, uh, most people catch and release now, you know, it's uh, the one good thing about uh, social media nowadays, you know, you, you know, pe the younger generation yeah, really knows, uh, you know, the, you know, how, how to, you know, to go about it the right way. Yeah. yeah. It's not, uh, not the guys of the, you know, the fifties and sixties anymore that kept everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's good yeah. to see that happening. You know, that's a positive mm -hmm. trend at least. Um, yeah. Big time. John, do they know if, if the steelhead are returning there? Like, what percentage is coming from, say, like Huron? What percentage is coming from, like, Michigan? Or is it uh, you're just kind of guessing? Well, that's just it. We don't we, we don't know. We have no way of knowing. We have no ladders, no anything like that. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a camera that uh, at Lake State University's uh, aquatics lab right, that's right on the river where they plant the Atlantics. Mm -hmm. And that shows the Atlantics that where they planted them, where they first coming home back into and then from there they branch out but besides that um basically we've done uh, we've done studies throughout the 90s and stuff like that with uh, different biologists and one that uh, most of the fish are here on fish but we do we do get some big fish that stray from from michigan yeah um from like i said for 40 some years of me f literally fishing hardcore steelhead I got my four biggest steelhead in the last two years. Jeez, wow! You know that were eighteen to twenty-one pounds. So, wow. Yeah. And have has the average size of steelhead grown um, over the years? Good question. Year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they have. Like I said, we our smelt runs right now are unbelievable. Oh really? And like we get we get a summer smelt run up here, the juvenile smelt that are next year spawners. Yeah. That's what, and it's uh, it's like the perfect all this all the stars are lining up where the Atlantic salmon move in around the first of July, uh, when the temperature hits about 55, 56, mm -hmm. and those smelts show up at that same time. Wow! So we're pulling smelt patterns for them on my boat at the base of the rapids right now. But when those smelt when that once that water gets to warmer around 60, 62, uh, those smelt go deep, and then uh, the rest of those all those salmon will go up the rapids okay and for oxygen you know they and then they basically turn into browns you know like they just feed just like browns do on bugs yeah right? oh, wow. you know like caddis and then that's the biggest thing these are landlocked salmon that landlocked to the great lakes okay yeah so they're feeding when they're in the river system right but 
we call them Atlantic salmon because of the size of ocean yeah, fish. Yeah. You know, we'll get them twenty pounds. We'll get them twenty five pounds. That's wild. You know. Yeah, that's amazing. But they'll, they'll switch off. They'll switch off uh, feeding on smelt uh, by the hour to a caddis hatch, and then from a caddis hatch, ten minutes later they're on salmon fry. So like, <laughs> you always got to keep your eyes open, watch the birds. You got to be watching everything when you're on the river during the day. Right, 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 right. The caddis hatches hey, so there where they're pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. They're huge caddis hatches. Eh? Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, waves and waves, waves and waves of them peeling off. So one more establishing kind of question for people. Uh, the fish, what kind of fish can you catch? So you're saying salmon in July. What are the other kind of seasons and fish? Yeah, well, uh, you get you get your big rainbows. Rainbows 12 months. Or res, resident rainbows are 12 months a year. Okay. Um, because that's cold water for the most part coming down from Superior, uh, we get steelhead yeah. 12 months a year. 12 months a year. You know, they blow in and out. If, if you... If we get a big storm that's blowing northwest in July from Superior, it'll literally drop that water temperature 10 degrees. Wow. Overnight. Wow. So that'll trigger, next thing you know, you got a steelhead run moving in. Oh, yeah. Just like you that. Know? So like I said, I've got steelhead in every month of the year. Um, I got a steelhead yesterday pulling streamers for uh, for Atlantics with a client of mine. And oh, um, yeah, we got well, we, today we got a walleye and two, and, and two Atlantics. So. Uh, yeah, so like when there's smelt in the river system, you know everything's in there. But basically, rainbows are there 12 months. Steelhead are there. Their major runs are spring. Is we get the latest run out of all the Great Lakes because of that cold water coming in from Superior. Okay. It doesn't hit that 40, 42 degrees. Their spawning temp, you know, until June, you know, late May, June. So you can fish your, you know, your steelhead in in the spring. The even they're post-spawn fish. They don't leave the river because we have so much going on in there. We have the pink salmon fry yeah. that are hatching from the fall, you know, and we got all that oxygen. We got water temperature that's high 40s, low 50s. You know, even the males don't leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of the I've heard of the pink salmon run. Uh, does that yeah. happen? Well, yeah. What's the deal with that? That happens every few years, isn't it? Something like that. No. Yeah, it used to happen every second year. Okay. Every odd year. But uh, it seemed like the last 15, 10 to 15 years, it's every year. Wow, jeez. It's just, that, just one year, they're just larger than the previous year. Yeah. You know, probably double the size. Right, right, right. Yeah. What's the reason for the, the off year or the inconsistent spawning? Well, it's just like, I, I guess that's everywhere, even out west and up uh, in Alaska. We only run every, every second oh, year. Okay. That's, their that's cycle. just a cycle? Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, Ray, you're you're a steelhead guy, uh, and uh, the Sioux's got steelhead twelve months a year. Are you moving to the Sioux? What's going on? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually living in John's basement right now. <laughs> you don't know it. You don't know it, but I am actually living in John's basement. Honestly, right I'm, now. I'm thinking of coming up too, man. That sounds amazing. Uh, he, has, he has me set up with a vice and a, a pack of material, and I'm just tying up <laughs> tying up flies, rigging up leaders, and uh, we're, we're going out tomorrow morning. That's a good question. That man. sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ray, was this your first time yeah. fishing up on the St. Mary's uh, Rapids or no? no. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, I've always wanted to fish there. And I fished, um, being a steelheader, I fished this, the uh, steelhead rivers of uh, Superior, you know, passed through the Sioux and heading up there. And I've never just made a point of just uh, going there and fishing it. So this was the, my first time actually fishing the Sioux. 
And what, like, what were your first impressions of like the landscape and the river? Like, what does it look like for people that have absolutely no idea of, like, about this place? Yeah, it's like I said at the beginning there, it's it's big water. So you have to, you, you come to it from the Canadian side, as John was saying, the only sort of land access you have to the rapids is from the Canadian side. You have to walk through some trails to get um, to the to the river. And what you come to first is the the inside berm water. So you're when you're on land, you look out and then you have, uh, I don't know how many feet it would be across the berm, John, but I don't know. Yeah. A couple hundred feet across to the ber to the berm, and so you have all that water on the inside to fish, and then after you can, you know, just certain places you can wade out to the berm, and then fish from the other side from the other side of the berm back into the land, or fish um, on the other side of the berm and fish the the main the main river. So um, it was it's just like I said before, it's just such a unique setup, and um, having Johnny there was was key um, because it's, I mean. You know, you can kind of look at some stuff and figure it out that you know the you know there's there's some structure and everything to it, but um, it's a greasy wade. It's uh, gin clear water. Um, you, like John said, you need a waiting staff. Uh, when I was talking to him earlier, yeah. for you, you need a waiting staff. You need somebody like John, who has you know so many years of experience, not only just safety of on the river of crossing back and forth, um, but um, a number of it, especially the berm water. Um, can be kind of a little bit featureless if you're just sort of looking at it on, on the surface. It's not, there are some, some cuts and runs there that are a bit more sort of traditional to figure out, but there's some stuff where it's like, you know, John's like, you know, you stand here, fish there. Those are where those spots, those are the money spots where the fish are going to hold. Right. And that yeah. comes from, you know, how many years on the yeah. water, John, right? Just so, yeah. so many yeah, uh, learning how to cross i mean the, you can cross at, at obviously different water water levels and that but even getting from the main main land um, out to the berm there's only a few select places you can cross at least at the water heights that that we, we that we were there at and it's yeah. you know it's the the knowledge of knowing the patterns you know you're fishing clear water and john's got a whole system down which which was like really sort of eye-opening to you know, it's not, it's not, it's traditional swinging uh, flies, but there's, there's a lot of John thrown into it, right? There's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of years of, of knowing, Hey, I, I can do this and get away with that. And you can do this and get away with that. And, 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 and his fly selections, like, you know, changing him up from, from, you know, uh, the life stages of the insects and the, and the, uh, and the bait fish and having different sizes and, and changing it up through the, the life cycles of those and all those years of experience of knowing different shades and colors. It was just, um, invaluable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. It, was great it sounds like two things that, you know, like it sounds like the rapids are kind of a key place to like, you know, have a guide, have John come out. Cause one, it can be precarious and dangerous to fish. Yeah. Cause like I, was, looks, yeah, I was just about to say that. I was looking at pictures. I'm like, I could <laughs> yeah. myself. Catch, no like, way. I'm sure I'd catch fish, but not, you know what I mean? Like I would drown. <laughs> Uh, you would catch I'm like any four fish, feet man. tall. I would float away. It'd be awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then, too, John knows like the river, like the back of his hand. He knows, you know, the 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 hatches, like you're saying. Like, what what kind of flies were you guys using on the trip? Like, John, have you used like your own patterns, or are we allowed to even talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff in public, John? I don't Top even know secret. if that's sort of yeah, like. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. I thought no, it was embargoed or something like that. 
Yeah, hey, come yeah, here, Thomas. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I got to look through all his fly boxes, but he was like, he's like, he's, yeah. he's giving me the eye at the time. No pictures. No pictures. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard, I heard. I just was describing yeah. some flies, and he was just like, I can't say no more. It's like a secret recipe, you know? He can't yeah. give that stuff away. Yeah, he can't. Basically, like I said, if, once once June hits, the it's all the fry, the fry hatch right. and and you got to match those fry the, the the chinooks the pinks you know pinks don't stick around as soon as they hatch boom they're gone right. you know they, they they take off from the yeah. river and so it's basically matching that chinook that baby chinook by every second day it's going to grow that you know that eighth of an inch and they clue in on that and they get a little more bolder and they'll get a little more closer to the current so that's where your line management comes in and uh ray was the the like I said, for three days of the ray, it was just, you know, it was heaven for me because, like I said, I'd say hit that spot and he'd hit it. You yeah. know, like I said, it didn't matter what the wind was doing. And the first day we went out, I think it was like 50K winds. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he was, like I said, oh, every guy's dream was that the guy have a guy like Ray out. You yeah, know, absolutely. absolutely. It's a great angler, great guide. I mean, that's a great recipe right there, you know, for, for a good couple of days. What was the fishing like those days? Like you're saying that it was windy. Like, was it tough? kind of tough fishing because of the weather or uh the, the, the toughest thing was it was the first day that caddis hatch <laughs> so you know we're swinging flies and sure we could have went to an indicator and put a couple of caddis emerges on but that's not our style yeah. you know so we want to fish a fry hatch and you know yeah, swinging and you know in case early round atlantics come in they're gonna they want the meat they're gonna go right to the the, the salmon fry i've known that from experience and uh you know, post-spawn steelhead, you know, steelhead that have been post-spawned since April, they're still in there. So they're, they're like summer fish now. Right. You know, the water temperature is in, in the in the 50s. So it's like when they hit, they're hitting like a, you know, freight train. And then we got some beautiful rainbows that, you know, that were, you know, more than eager to take a fly. So Yeah. 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 As much as I love steelhead, and I, I do love steelhead, and it was nice to catch a number of steelhead in there, catching those... Uh, Catching those resident rainbows was was really quite a uh, uh, kind of an eye opener and, and a, yeah, it, it, yeah, the yeah they were just beautiful, beautiful gorgeous. Fish. You would think you're, you know, some of those bows you would easily think you're fishing Alberta or or BC wow, with absolutely. how beautiful they're clean they are, all brightly spotted up and just uh, really nice and aggressive. Yeah, yeah. and you said yeah. they get you can catch some of those residents up to like about ten pounds. Oh oh yeah, a ten pounds. Yeah, even bigger. <laughs> Yeah, so I would think yeah, every fish is steelhead. I'd be like, look at the steelhead. Yeah, I'm, steelhead. Steelhead. <laughs> I'm sure I yeah, just did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but like yeah, we were no, talking no. about before, you have you have the cold water yeah. year round, right? So and then you have the insect life, and then you have you know all those well, like also crayfish. The crayfish are huge. Yeah. You know, it's you know it's rapid, so it's all rock. So to live in that, you know, the crayfish got to be big. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see when you see the the crayfish biting the seagulls back when they're trying, you know, the seagulls <laughs> down to pick them up, and then the, the crayfish are fighting with them. You know, you got a pretty good crayfish on your hand. <laughs> so yeah, you'll see big you'll see big claws that the, the seagulls that'll rip the claws off first, and then oh, and then eat the rest of them. The birds are well pretty fed. interesting. The way they there's do so that. much food that there's no need for a lot of those rainbows to go anywhere and go back yeah, go right, to the right. deep lake. They just hang out there, which is really really nice to see. That's awesome. Yeah, one cool thing yeah. I just was saying was, um, you know, the birds. You were saying earlier too, John, like look for the birds, follow the birds. Yeah. Uh, is that because they're they're like you said they're eating bait fish? So if you find a pot of birds, you've maybe found fish. 
Well, no, the birds will tell you exactly what they're feeding on. Mm -hmm. And usually what the birds are feeding on, the fish are. So there'll be that berm wall. If you see a bird standing on the berm wall, I already know that he's always peeking over the edge of the side of the berm yeah. wall. And he's going to dip down. And he's going to pick up a salmon fry. And if you watch them, they'll do that. And uh, because if they normally, I though if they want to just sit on something, they'll go sit on a rock. But when they're standing on that wall, they're there for a reason. Yeah. And like I said, if you don't see the bugs in the air, um, like I said, those uh, salmon fry, usually when they start pushing away from the shore, that's when it really gets interesting because now they're in the runs and now you're going to see those big aggressive smashes on the surface. But like I said, the birds will tell you right away when those, when those uh, salmon fry are at the right size and then I'll go to a certain size salmon fry when the birds are taken. Okay. So you, yeah, you've got it all figured out. Yeah, uh, but that's that's cool. Right. You know, like that's cool to think about the birds. You know what they're eating. I've never thought about, never thought about it that way. You know, uh, but yeah. it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and the biggest thing is we do a lot of a lot of people think uh, it's just a caddis river because it's all rock. No mayflies come off of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we got those gates, and up above those gates is Lake Superior. All those bays in Lake Superior. Next thing you know, you get a you know, you got, a, you got a mayfly hatch that's going on or a stonefly hatch in one of the rivers that are up above the gates. And next thing you know, they're coming down through. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to bring out, you got to bring everything. You got to bring your hex nymphs. You got to bring your, your stonefly nymphs because, like I said, there'll be times where, hey, you don't want to eat a caddis out there. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? No, so, it makes sense, yeah. yeah. So what would be, like, a, a really sort of versatile setup? Because I know Adis brought his switch, his six, his six weight switch rod and you know for me hearing yeah. hearing this i think that would be pretty ideal so you can kind of switch back and forth to like you know yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah it, especially yeah if you know with an opst head you know you can uh you 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 can nymph fish mm -hmm. you know with the switch or, or you can swing yeah um you know, Ray had that uh, 11 and a half foot uh, switch, I believe. Yeah, the the Paraguay Renegade. That that's uh, Jerry French's yeah. rod. It's really that's one of my that's my favorite rod. The fish. He was he was hit he was hitting spots that I never dreamed of, that he would be hitting with a switch rod. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty versatile. I would say though, if you're if you were, I mean, maybe with the water lower and you wading out, it might be you could get away with it on the main river a bit more too, but. If you're just going to fish the main river, uh, you know, a, bit, a longer rod would probably be a bit helpful. Yeah, yeah, I use a thirteen. I use a thirteen and a half foot or thirteen three. My uh, and uh, my favorite is a, a twelve and a half uh, six seven uh, Winston. You nice. know, one of the old borons. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've landed some big fish on that. But then I got them all the way up to fifteen foot rods. I, I, I seldom use tips. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like to, I like to stick with either mid bellies or a long belly, right. uh, all scandy. Yeah. Uh, the water's clear. Right. The deepest runs are only seven feet. So like I said, they see it, you know, like I said, and then if I wait the fly, yeah. you know, I use a really long leader. Yeah. I taper it down. Um, I'm using a 15 foot leader yeah. and, sure. uh, and yeah, and the, that's, that's my swing. Mm -hmm. So a dry line, yeah. but a heavy fly. Um, yeah, yeah. Long leader. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a, not even a really heavy, yeah, for steelhead, I'll go with a, a heavier fly. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, you got to watch uh, how heavy that fly is. If you're going to be using a longer leader like that, I love that. you know, you do want to turn it over. I love that. And you're, still, yeah. you're picking up Atlantics on bombers and dries as well too. Right. right. Yeah. We're fishing, we're fishing <laughs> traditionals a lot. Yeah. You know, we're, we're fishing a lot of traditionals, real small stuff, mm -hmm. you know, so for Atlantics uh, all summer long. Yeah. So, oh, uh, man. Uh, you're watching. Just, it, 
they act they're they're landlocked salmon but still they're imprinted it's uh um it's it, it the strains from maine and uh so they're they're it's they have the the, the imprint of a, an ocean fish yeah. where they'll come and boil behind it yeah. you know and you gotta wait till they go back into the position and wait again and Dude, yeah it's great Man, bombers yeah. on a Scandi line, twelve foot rod, and you're dry fly fishing for Atlantic basically. That's that's amazing. That sounds awesome. What are we doing? Let's go right now. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been great. <laughs> yeah, I was there just as a few, just as the the, the start of the Atlantic yeah. Summer Run. So I, you know, yes, just starting. With a couple were trickling in. It was about a, I think it was about a week later. Yeah, uh, where a big run came in. Just missed them. Yeah. 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 We're talking next year. We're gonna come up and see you, John. All of us are gonna come up and. Oh, yeah, man. Right that on. Was so fun. Make yeah, an Atlantic, make an Atlantic trip. That we have to make that happen. God, yeah. that sounds amazing. Yeah. Said, I've been do, I've been doing a lot on my boat right now because of the amount of smelt that are that are in the lower river below the rapids. That's where all the big salmon are. So, like I said, that mm-hmm. you know, just the size of the fish we've been getting, or you know, and they're chasing your fly. They're not afraid of anything. When they're chasing bait, they're bait balling salmon up to the surface, stunning the prey mm-hmm. right beside the boat. And then if you're stripping your flies through there, I'm literally stripping tandem smelt patterns, and uh, it's crazy. They'll they'll bang right off the side of your boat to hit your fly. Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Then they're 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 young fish, you know. So even though they're 15 pounds they're only three for three-year-old fish yeah. you know so uh, i think i still think they have that mentality of being pen fish mm-hmm. uh where they've been fit they're all fed at the same time mm-hmm. because you can see it out there there's there's smelt everywhere but when one comes up the whole place erupts it blows up you know and they all feed at the same time and they all get full at the same time so most of the time i'm fishing for full yeah atlantic salmon i got one there the other day um took it deep uh, had to kill the fish, yeah. opened it up, 24 smelt in its stomach. Wow. You know, so you really got to, you know. Yeah, there's gorging like a hatch or something. Yeah, the, the faster the better. It's that reaction strike. Yeah. And you, you can throw all the traditionals you want on top of them. If they're feeding on smelt or if they're full, you know. That's it, yeah. They're not going to take yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to. Yeah, you got to get them to coax, coax in the head. Yeah. Fishing from the boat was we did that for uh, for an afternoon. Yeah, exactly. In the afternoons, it was it was fun. It was interesting. Yeah. I never you know done it that. Yeah, that's... yeah, it's it's a term called harling. They they did it. Well, it started in Scotland and on the Tay River. Okay. And then it uh, caught on in Norway, and then that's where I picked it up on. And it worked works great. And what's that style like? It's swinging from the boat, or like what kind of style is that? Swinging from the boat. Okay. Yeah, I'll. I'll uh, uh, get um, a client with a, each, each, if I have two clients, each with a switch rod in their yeah. hand and uh, basically a very light sink tip just to get their fly under the surface yeah. and just run it behind the boat 20 yards, mm-hmm. 15, or, 15 or 20 yards. And I make big swings with my, t- I got a 19 foot Starcraft with a 90 Suzuki tiller. Sweet. So I can turn on a dime when I, when those fish are busting on bait. So I'll turn my, and then our flies are swinging right into yeah. it. And so I get these guys, to, and then I got these rod holders at the back, fly rod holders. Yeah. So I'll put my teaser lines out, just like fishing for marlin. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, to bring them in. And uh, so I'm, I'm creating, I'm trying to bring these fish up. Yeah. So they'll be slapping my, you know, uh, they'll slap your, your flies around. Yeah. Uh, yes. If they're full, you know, you can tell the early they'll chase your flies, but when they turn off at the last minute, I'm saying, aha, uh-huh, these fish are full, so I'll have to double my speed. And uh, get them to coax them. That is a crazy technique, and it obviously works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, just, it's like a, it's yeah. an effective way to fit. Yeah, we're on the boat and you'll see the terns diving and hitting hitting the uh, the the bait fish and stuff like that. It's and then the, all yeah. of a sudden you'll just see, you just see the water erupt as a as a Atlantic comes yeah, up and turns yeah. turns on some of the fish and just sprays water. So it's kind of like it's cross between oh, Atlantic yeah. salmon fishing and fishing for tuna at the same time. <laughs> so cool. And the, so the, the boat we take out onto the rapids as well. So all of this takes place in the rapids. No, no. Okay. The boat fishing is that below the rapids. We, we have a, a powerhouse on the Canadian side, and that uh, is a little deeper. It's a little colder water, so it's bringing the bait on that side. So those salmon will go right where the bait. Gotcha, is. gotcha. Still the river though. It's still the St. Mary River. Yeah. yeah, it's only it's only a few hundred yards down from the mouth of the rapids. So it's crazy how many fishing opportunities there are in that one little place. So you can fish the rapids, you can fish below. Like you're not going very far. Is that is that the only place? No, you got? it's rapids. It's all right there. Yeah, it's all right downtown. And you're a walk. You, the river. Yeah, you're a walk from downtown to Sault Ste. Marie. So that's the, that's the crazy thing about it too. It's not like you're as well. Yeah, and then the yeah. the second day was it the second day we went out, John? There was a there was a moose in the yeah, yeah. in in the in oh, in the locks. Yeah. 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 So we came out yeah. and there was like a moose. There was a moose swimming down the lock. So wait, yeah, they locked it in and then they let it out. He didn't yeah. Right down through the, right down through town. A moose just fell yeah, into the locks, or what's going on? Like every year, I think it came from the U.S. side up above in Lake Superior, and then it just seen the the canal and just swam into the canal. And it got oh, stuck wow. in between mm -hmm. the doors. And what happened? They they opened it up. Yeah, well, they, actually, it, did, it couldn't get into the door, so it was just trying to basically climb out, and it couldn't climb out. So right. Parks Canada opened up the doors and we kind of locked it through. Right, right. And the thing yeah, just swam, just swam down the river. Just kept swimming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And found the shore and got out and just started walking. Oh, right on, man. That thing yeah. must have been pretty tired. Like, holy yeah. crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Needs a break. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, man. Seen one last year do that same thing, too. They happen, this happens year. every year. Pretty much, yeah. It happened the last couple of years. That could be a part yeah. of the, the marketing of the guiding. Come see the moose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Come see the famous long moose, guys, yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe we need to put a, a fence up or something like that if it's happening every year. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, they got to do something if it's the last two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a COVID thing. Maybe they just wouldn't think they can cross borders. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> well, apart from the apart from the lock moose, Ray, was there any like what was a standout fishing moment on the river for you? If, if one comes to mind, was it landing a fish or was it just you know the boat? I think boat? it was. I think it was uh, just fishing with. I mean. It was great having Itis there, and just uh, we had a, had a lot of fun with Itis and just playing around, and uh, great for being on on a tour with him. But uh, but being with Johnny was 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 just the highlight. I have to call I can't call him John because John just seems so formal, and 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 Johnny's just such. He was just so fun right right from the start when we met him in the parking lot, um, and for all the time there, we're just we're just. Trading oh, back stories and jokes and talking about tackle and he talking about some some of the more interesting characters we know in the uh, yeah. in the industry yeah. and uh, we're just having so much fun and oh, uh, just learning. One of the things I love about um, about you know I don't get to fish with guides as 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 much as maybe some other people, but you know John open Johnny opens up his uh, his fly boxes and I'm like you know beady-eyed looking in there and he's like oh he's like this is really good for this and that's really good and then you see all these different and he's like all these different permutations it's like oh so try this I'm like I said you think so and he's like oh yeah this is really good and I'm like you know and you just like and he's like then explaining the the reasoning behind all this stuff right, right? and it's not just like 
sure, pie sure. on a pink one because I like pink. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is a pattern that uh, it's designed specifically for this river, specifically for this time period, right? And, yeah. and, and just learning that. Um, I think the other fun part was we're fishing down the main river into some big water. And he goes, oh, this is, I'm gonna, he goes, my, as my fly starting to swing flu, and I'm goes, he goes, stretch off some more line there and just make a cast a bit further. And I'm like, okay. And then he goes, you know, this is a spot where I caught my biggest Atlantic salmon, right? And I'm like, you know, he's going to be too too modest to say it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, that's nice. What was it like about, you know, 14 pounds or 15 pounds? And, and he goes, no. And I go, well, how much, how big was it? And how big was it, John? <laughs> it was what? just under 22. Oh, my God. Yeah, 21. <laughs> Oh my God. So I'm going, yeah, okay, thanks. My knees start shaking a little bit now. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, just past those rocks there. See those rocks you're coming out over past there? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, that's where it's going to take. And I'm like, oh. And you're just like anticipating, 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 right? Yeah. And just some lovely water. Oh, man. Yeah, man, that was great. That's unreal. That's, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think, yeah, you hit a good point, Ray. Like, uh, John, you, you've been guiding Johnny, you know, if I can. Johnny, you've been guiding a long, long time, and, and I've actually heard uh, lots of good things about uh, your guiding service before uh, this trip. Even like I know you're you're a name in the community, and um, you know what in your mind do you think makes a good fishing guide? Uh, boy, that's a good question. Um, separating, I know a lot of I know a lot of guys that have started guiding but they could not separate uh, themselves wanting to fish right. as opposed as opposed getting the passion of having them fish through their clients. Yeah. And, if, and if you can do that, the passion's there and, you'll, and it'll never leave you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, I'll, I'll, I'd feel sick to my stomach if I had to, if I had the clients and it happens often where I'll have a client that does not know how to spay fish, so you'll, I'll take the first cast to show him how to set up the anchor, and I'll bang a 10-pound steelhead. Well, he's 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 all chicklets. He's smiling like crazy. Well, I'm my my heart's crushed because I know that if he could have made that swing through there, he would have hit that fish. So, like I said, I uh, to make to make a great yeah. guide, you gotta you know you, you gotta take him to the kiddie pool first and teach him how to guide, guide uh, <laughs> teach him how to cast, and then you know graduate them up to the you know yeah to where they get a chance yeah it's kind of understanding you know like where your client's coming from i mean what do you maybe coming at it from the other way like what do you think makes a good client like who's a good person bring out of water who asks a lot of questions right right that'll make yeah itis quiet <laughs> it's, yeah. it's got to be itis absolutely yeah yeah Ah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, someone that asks you can't ask you can't ask a stupid question unless you're going to ask me something like how old the international bridge, like the car bridge, or right, something right, like right. that. I, I get <laughs> questions like that. You know, like I said, ask me something about fishing. You know, that's the yeah. Totally. Um, but, but but yeah, like I said, if the guys that are you you can tell the clients that are going to be great it's just by when you talk to them first on the phone. You know, they're just so pumped yeah. up and. Um, like I said, I've, I've had some clients out there that, you know, they were just didn't want to listen. Yeah. You know, these are guys that thought they knew more than me, you know, like because they're 20 years older and said they fished Iceland, this, 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 and this place. And uh, Egos. the next thing you know, I put a 15-foot leader on for him. I go back and he's cut the leader in half and he's, yeah. you know, and uh, he wanted to fish his way. Well, I said, 
that's fine and all, but how come your friend's catching all the fish now? Yeah. You know, and maybe you should listen to me. So, yeah, yeah basically always. you do it in a nice way, but just, you know, you're dealing with the public. So, sure. you know, there's a, there's a fine line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah always listen there's, to your guide, people. Come on. It's like 101. Yeah. Yeah. Always listen. That was a great thing, too, about, like, jo- about Johnny's program. It's just like I learned how to fish the rapids better, um, but I also learned some insights into my own fishing better to like, you know, to apply it to some of the situations where I, you know, some of the rivers and places that I, I fish and I'm like, ah, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I like, I like, I like what he's, what John's, what Johnny's saying about this or that pattern or, or how to fish it this way. And you're just thinking, okay, I can, I can use that in this situation on this river and that situation on that river. And it's just, uh, that was a real joy of it too. Right. And Johnny's such a personal person. It's just like, you know, instructing, just having the balance of, you know, being a professional and an instructor and also just um, just being a good person to, to spend well, some no, time. You don't you very much. water with somebody all day talking to them back and forth. You don't want to yeah. have yes. somebody that's just a drill sergeant, and you don't want to totally. have you know you want to have somebody have some fun with too, <laughs> yeah. right? Totally, so, oh, oh, absolutely. Especially especially when you're swinging, because yeah. you know that you know, sometimes those hits come few and far between. Yeah, totally. So like I said, you know we got to talk to each other. Yeah, we got to find out what each other's about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that just. You know, it sets, sets the right energy, yeah. you know, for, for the day. Yeah. You know, that's everything. Well, that's Absolutely. a good, you know, point. Like, what, John, do you think makes, like, a really great day in the water for you? A really great day in the water for me is uh, um, just the smile on my client's face. Like I said, I can, I can read a person within five minutes. Yeah. You know, like I said, if he's, and I'll tell him, I got to tell him, he's, you know, sometimes put the rod down. If he's, if he's, you know, if he's not happy with the way he's been casting, you know, let's, let's, let's take, take five, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, and relax a little yeah. bit. You know, I can basically read a person, but basically if my client's happy, the guide's happy. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's true. That's what it's all about. Very true. Oh, yeah. man, I yeah. can't, we got to hit the water. This is getting me, this is getting me stoked, man. I just want to go out now. Jeez. Um, he loves swinging. Okay, we got, oh man, God, I can't wait to go. Yeah. I've been talking to Idis actually. Like, Stop we, talking we, about it. Seriously. It, it's mid July, Mitch. Like we're not I know, even... we live in the same, we live in the same house and we've been talking every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for fall steelhead season, man. Like I'm dying. And it's like, it's bass season right now, man. Like you gotta <laughs> wait a couple of months, but can't wait to get out stealing. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination fly fishermen with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tightline stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Okay, we've got one more segment in the show that we ask. Uh, it's, it's five questions, John, that we ask every single guest. Ray, did we ask you Mitch's Fishies 5? I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. I, I think we did. Yeah, we did the Mitch's yeah. Fishies 5. But you can yeah, do it again. Sure. I, I, it's been so long ago. What was it? Yeah. Episode 27? 27, yeah. yeah so my, my, my memory is good but short. So you could ask it to me again and I'll probably give you a completely different answer i think i will i think i will and I'll, and then we'll go back and see how close the answers are because i'm pretty sure i remember some of those. but let's let's do this john it's basically just five more questions that are just kind of more about fly fishing but we ask every single guest so i'm going to ask them now and then to wrap up the show but sure. um so the first question john is what is your favorite fish and why if you had to pick a favorite fish what would it be well my first my first love and to this day is the resident rainbows 
because those are the nice. ones that got me through through my childhood, yeah. through before the, the salmon program. Don't get me wrong. I love steelhead. I love Atlantic salmon, but it's those big resident rainbows that really got me to fly fish and really, you know, were eager to play. Yeah. You know, they smash it hard. You know, they're pretty predictable. Like Atlantic salmon, man, I'll tell you, at the end of this season, I usually need therapy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gotta sit on a couch for a while because they'll they'll have you they'll have you banging one day and the next thing you know they're yeah. hitting something that you've never even seen. So yeah, my resis, my I love that. I'll catch them with a different group of guys. You know what I mean? Like I said, I have names for some of the resis in yeah. there. You know, like I said, yeah, yeah. So my definitely my resident rainbow. I love trout. that. That's great. I love that answer. Um, specifically of that of the same area of the rabbits. Absolutely. I love that. It's so cool. That's the yeah. that's the most specific answer we've ever had. It's great. <laughs> Favorite fish being from this place. Ray, what, what about you? I, and I'm pretty sure I remember. I think we did do this, and I want to know, what is your favorite fish and why? This is like, this is the impossible question and answer. It's impossible. like, what was that? Was it Star Trek where he had to try to... F I'm I'm not a Star Trek geek, so don't, don't hold me to this, but <laughs> we're watching a movie where he had to try to get the, like, Admiral's position or something yeah, like that and he had yeah. to do this this course where it was like an impossible answer and he <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. he actually had to hack the computer to to, <laughs> to pass it or something like that and totally. that's this, that's what that question feels like to me yeah it's a tough one you know actually we've won't, we've never everybody's answered it i think twice tom rosenbauer was like i can't answer that question he's like just not large enough we're like yeah. all right that is probably one of the better questions the better, better answers <laughs> just anything not except large large enough. <laughs> but but what about you ray what's your favorite fish any, yeah. any day you're going to probably get a different answer for me i love steelhead um yeah. i love atlantic yeah. salmon i love brown trout um but one of the fish that just just brings me to a a, a, a mindset in my in my youth and uh is grailing i fished grailing oh, in, nice. in, in, awesome. in uh in britain awesome. and um it's just such a unique fish and yeah and i just have those things stick in my head that i yeah. I, I haven't caught as many as i'd like to and i want to catch a bunch more oh my yeah, god i definitely great. want to catch a grayling yeah. yeah me too so cool yeah no it's a great answer grayling are amazing High i think that's list. a first i don't maybe you and one other guest said grayling i think yeah, that's kind of a rare choice yeah very rare choice. i think we it's talked great. about that when i was when i was fishing with you john johnny i, I don't know because of the UP in Michigan, and then I know they used to be up and through there. I wondered if I've never read any literature if historically they were like anywhere around the Sioux. No, I don't think they were. Else, yeah, because I said I've done a lot of research on a lot of the fish, and mm -hmm. I know that um, yeah, they were in the U. They were in the UP. Uh, I, you know, the Osable. What's that? Just below the Mackinac Bridge. Um, yeah. 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 So I know they had grailing there, but. Wow, really, eh? They had them yeah. up there. Yeah. That's crazy. That seems yeah, like so... Yeah, because when I think grayling, I think, like, so north, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, crazy north, but that's no, cool. I dig it. Okay, number two, Mitchie's Fishies 5. John, uh, if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why, assuming it's the best season to go there? Um, I think I'd go to... Well, I know I'd go to probably... Uh, Labrador, Newfoundland for uh, nice. flowers, uh, flowers lodge uh, where you can get uh, Atlantic salmon on, uh, you know, basically bombers and decent yeah. size and numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. I mean, that's kind of a tough one to beat. I think that's on the top of the list for pretty much everybody. Everyone. Um, yeah. Ray, how about you? Where would you go and why? If you if you could go anywhere. Yeah, similar. I think if it was if it was um, if it was Canada, it would be probably Cascapedia. Oh, yeah. Um, although I say that, that it's, it's another impossible one. I'd love to get back up to Nipigon. I haven't fished Nipigon for oh, a while. Yeah. Yeah, um, or, you know, I'd go over to just go f- full balls out and go to, to Russia and go to the Yukonga or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something crazy. Yeah. Great answers. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I think I, I think we haven't traveled in so long. I think I'd go somewhere insane too, like somewhere <laughs> yeah, Russia, far, yeah. you know, the Seychelles <laughs> yeah. or something here. Yeah. So you're going to pay for that? that Seychelles trip, Mitch? <laughs> Out east, yeah, yeah, I got you covered, baby. Thanks, man. Uh, out east is great, though, John, too. I mean, yeah, Atlantic's such a good fishery. Um, okay, John, uh, what is number three? What is one of your favorite fishing memories from just from ever, from all time? Um, or at least one that you can think of right now. I, I got a great memory, and I think about it on uh, a lot of days, especially when I'm taking a, a couple of guys into the rapids for Atlantic's. Um, yeah. it's been about, uh, 15 years ago, one of my loyal clients called me up and he says, John, he goes, I got a good friend of mine. He's got basically stage four cancer and just wants to get his feet wet in the St. Mary's. You think mm-hmm. you could take us in there for Atlantic salmon? I said, you know, I said, nah, no problem. I'd love to, you know what I mean? So I, this yeah. guy was in rough shape, you know, when he did come up and, uh, we get over, actually got him over to that berm wall, got up on the wall, and as soon as I got it, all three of them up on the wall, they got their bearings straight, you know, to make sure, because the wall's only yeah. like two and a two and a half foot wide, so I wanted to make sure that these guys were somewhat capable of, yeah. you know, of getting there. So yeah. I get up on the wall, I was allowed to walk down the big Canadian hole, but I took two steps and I look in the water and there's 20 Atlantics sitting there. Oh, man didn't have to go Jeez. any further yeah it was wow, like it was great. like my father right was on my father passed away in the year 2000 and it was like he was yeah. looking over my shoulder and he said john i'm going to give you a freebie on this one because no, i tell you awesome. what man that guy in that stage four lung cancer hit seven atlantics in the first two hours of fishing that's awesome oh, uh, and i'll never forget it. yeah that's amazing yeah that is amazing. see that's such a fulfilling you know like think like that's such an awesome part of your job that you can you could take somebody to a place and give them that experience, you know? Yeah. It was like, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like I said, all the years of guiding, it's never, it never happens like that. You know, never. There's usually guys walking up and down the wall, spooking fish. You never see fish so old in a spot like that. It was like, it was gift wrapped. You know, there were days, there was, there was, they were going crazy, man. Like I said, I could have thrown a split shot in there and and they would have, they would have ate it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It was purposeful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, It's an awesome memory. Yeah, it was great. I love that. Uh, Ray, you got to follow it up with a, a memory of your yeah, own. You can't, your I favorites. can't follow that one up. I know. That's <laughs> a tough one. It's a tough one, yeah. Um, the, the... I do remember, I do, it's sort of slowly coming back to me. I do remember my la- the, what I told you the first time, and I think the first time was was pretty good when we did Mitchie's Fishies Fives. But um, yeah. another one that sticks in my mind is, I, you know, um, a few years ago, um, hiking into some uh, remote bushwhacking with my brother Brian up into uh, northern BC to fish some some steelhead rivers and uh, just having a phenomenal day. Yeah. And uh, nobody around except you and the fish and a few wolves and <laughs> the eagles and uh, raising some fish on dry flies and, and 
and just having a whole bunch of runs to yourself and and uh you know just standing around and looking at the scenery and uh and just you know having a magical day with somebody you really want to spend some time with i think that's that was mm -hmm. totally the top ones too absolutely yeah that's nice. an awesome that's an awesome memory too that's awesome those are the best you know that's that's what it's all about man it's not about Talk about the fish, unless you're catching. If you're not catching fish, it's all about the fish. If you're not catching, <laughs> no, man, I love. I love those yeah. um, okay, John. Number four, Mitchie's Fishies Five is is just simply why do you fly fish? Like, what do you get out of fly fishing? Uh, I tell you what, it's uh, because uh, I've I've spin fished when I was younger and caught so many fish. Uh, it, it just doesn't do it for me. And like I said, to mm -hmm. keep the passion going. When I put a two-handed rod in my hand, you know, catching fish or not, it's fun. It's a fun way to fish. So, yeah. like I said, you know, you, you know, you get you get yourself dialed into your casting, or you get your client dialed into their casting. You're looking at moving water, fly fishing. A lot of stuff is different. Stuff is going on. It's not easy. It's challenging, and uh, you don't you don't think of anything else. You know. Yeah. All, yeah, your, problems go, all your problems will go away. Totally. Yeah, fly fishing does. There's something about it that it's just kind of more fun for some reason. You know, it's like I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's just I I agree. Like it's when I spin fish, it's like yeah, that's cool. Fly fishing, it's, the mechanics of it is just more interesting. I don't know, but I can feel that. Ray, what about you? Like, why do you what do you fly fish for? What, what do you get out of it? Yeah, I think that's a part. What like John saying, I think you have to bring more to it, right? I'm not I'm not trying to be a snobby or elitist about it or anything. I mean, everybody oh. does their own thing and, and whatever they get out of any aspect of fishing is fantastic. But I think, um, I think it's the, so many facets to it. Like you could be into tying tr traditional Atlantic salmon flies, um, or you could yeah. be into, you know, distance casting, or you could be into, um, you know, just perfecting your, the technique of casting. You could be into etymology. You could be into, you know, just, you know, matching the hatch and fly tying and, and that aspect of things. Yeah. There's, there's so many different aspects. I think, and I think just the connection, I think tying your own fly, I think the sort of the Zen, I know, and I'm not to get too airy fairy about it, but you know, there is a no, bit no. of a Zen to the casting and presenting a fly and stuff like that. And then, and then connecting with the fish. Right. Totally. And totally. it's just a fantastic excuse to be standing in a river and, and having some fun. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, no, it's a good point. No, I love, I agree. I mean, the aesthetic of the whole thing is awesome too. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Um, John, number five, which is Fishies Five, is what fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? Wow, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> and it can be an existing pattern, it can be a pattern of your own, it doesn't matter. But what would John, what would Johnny be as a fly? I think it has to be the old woolly bugger, man, because they tell me. <laughs> I got ten different, I got ten different cases, you know. It can represent totally. anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, man. You know, what color, what color? Yeah, well, Ray, Ray knows my hot bugger now. Bugger now. Okay, you said it's okay. pink. It's it's a hot, yeah. hot pink. Yeah. Hot pink is it? That's what yeah. the case. Well, especially especially clear water. You know, a, a, a bugger uh, yeah. basically represents everything. Um, totally. You know, mm -hmm. just like a muddler minnow, the very close second. You know, like a, a muddler is, is is one of my favorites, uh, yeah. especially playing yeah. on big rocks. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Woolly buggers, man, I love them. They're you know, they're yeah. good-looking flies, charismatic. They're forgiving. 
think yeah. it makes mm-hmm. sense, man. I'm all about Especially it. when you got a client that doesn't know <laughs> the cast, you know, <laughs> like you yeah. said, a woolly bugger doesn't follow up. Yeah. Know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's true. Ray, uh, what fly would you be? And I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I remember what fly you said last time. Let's see. I, what, it's what, coming what? back to me. It's taking a little bit of time here, but I've had yeah. a coffee and we've talked and it's working through. So. I know, I remember what I said last time. I said, because of pure simplicity, I said a, a string leech. And nice. I can, I can. Nice. as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I, I knew um, my good friend Joe Amaral, when he heard that, was was rolling his eyes and shaking his head and, and <laughs> scratching me out of his will. So, um, <clears throat> totally. so just for Joe, I'm going to change my, my, my um, fly pattern to um, a Catskill Ty Hendrickson. Nice, one, nice. Just, just for nice. Joe. Yeah, nice and simple yeah. and elegant, and yeah. it's uh, um, it represents a lot of what Joe sort of taught me yeah, totally uh, for such a long time on on fly patterns and design of just uh, the balance of being um, the aesthetic beauty of it, the simplicity, making a very difficult t- uh, fly to tie well look very simple mm-hmm. um and and also be very effective at the same time i love it absolutely that's a great Robert. answer we've got we've got a couple good those are some good fly pattern answers i love yeah holy bugger i love the catskill the new fly it's great um john ray thank you guys both so much for coming on the show john if people want to book a trip up to fish the rapids how do they get a hold of you what do they do where do they go um i'm on pretty well every social media Thing out there, uh, uh, John Giuliani Fishing Adventures. Uh, yeah. You can look at uh, my Instagram. Uh, my website is the St. Mary's River Guiding. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, or you can call the city. It's called Sault Ste. Marie Tourism. Call Algoma Country. Call the mayor. Call the mayor. Where's John? I need him. I need John now. Just don't call Mayor Giuliani. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong wrong Giuliani you're looking for. Yeah, we'll put we'll put links to to where people can find you in our show notes. Of course, we'll tag you on socials. People can find you all that stuff. Um, Ray, can people expect to see any stuff about this trip in Ontario Doors or anything like that? Yes, glad you asked. (laughs) <laughs> it's almost like I knew. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have uh, full coverage as planned for our Ontario Doors um, fishing annual, which comes out in early 2022. Awesome. And uh, that's our our main. We run ten issues a year, and that's one of that's our main uh, fishing focused um, issues. It will be out, and uh, we'll have a, a great feature on John and the Rapids and. Uh, some fantastic uh, photography from Idis, and uh, really looking forward to that coming together. Right on, Heck yeah. yeah, yeah, us too. Uh, and uh, and look for you know on our channels for for pictures and maybe some video clips as well. And yeah, thank you guys both so much for coming on the show. It's uh, it's been really great talking. And thanks for chatting yeah. till you know ten after ten on a guiding night. Uh, appreciate it. My pleasure. Great uh, great talking with you guys. Likewise. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, take care. Awesome guys. Super cool guys. I love talking to Ray. I haven't talked to him in like episode 27 was when he had him on. Isn't that insane that this is episode 99? 99. What? 99. Yeah, I know. Our next episode's a like hundred. Yeah, I haven't seen him in so long. He looks the same. He's great. You know, yeah, I love Ray. He's a nice guy. So knowledgeable. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I, I'm bummed I missed this trip because I was 
I was supposed to go. It was supposed to be Idis and me uh, going up, and and then uh, we went to Snagami the week before, and um, I just my I came back to work. That was just like, yeah, you know, because it was kind of unsure this trip was going to go through because COVID, but everything. And I was like, no, my God, I can't go. And but I just went, and it looked awesome. And and John, super super nice guy. I just was t- telling me about him last week uh, weekend when we were fishing. And yeah, he's awesome. What a nice guy. Like that's the kind of what guy nice you want to have on the water, you know, yeah, like a nice absolutely. guy knows what he's doing, passionate, easygoing. Like mm-hmm. it's like he's, he was, he was born to be a fishing guide. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it just worked out so well. I love this story about, you know, um, he was a spin fisherman and yeah. he learned how to fish because the fly fisherman told him, you know, show me the spots and, and, yeah. and, We'll show you how to fish fly fish. I thought that was a really cool yeah. way of like his story. Very unique. That's cool. That is yeah. cool. I dig that. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've been lucky though, Mitch. We've been lucky. Like, oh come on, know, how come man. we've been lucky today, buddy? What's going man, on? Man, like I, I don't think we've had one sort of like bad guide. You know, like Ontario's has got some really it's good guides, really man. Quality, quality guides. Yeah, yeah. We've absolutely. been lucky to be to be meeting really great guides. You know, people that just. Mm-hmm. Uh, just good people, you know, like they take us out on the water and even this yeah. last weekend. So today hey, Jeff Jackson, is the 14th. So, yeah. yeah. Today's the 14th. This show comes out at midnight tonight. So the 15th. So if you're listening, this is hot off the presses. Like we just recorded. <laughs> this is last night. This is me and Mitchie. I miss yeah, you all I just, I just had barbecue. I'm really full. Kind of like, <laughs> you know, I kind of don't feel good full. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But that interview was awesome. Yeah. Missing all the, all those on the show this week, but he'll be back for the next one, which is our hundredth episode. Um, so we're going to do something special. We're not sure what that is yet, but we're going to have giveaways. We're going to do some crazy stuff. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. We're talking about maybe doing a live episode again, like we did at, uh, the holidays there, but we'll see, we'll figure it out. Uh, but either way, it's gonna be super fun. But this last weekend, yeah, we went fishing with Jeff Jackson on, uh, in Ottawa. We fished the Petawawa river and, uh, just outside Ottawa and we fished the Ottawa river, um, uh, kind of in Pembroke, Renfrew kind of area, uh, Petawawa, obviously. And it was yeah. super fun. Jeff was like, Awesome, nice guy, good guide, great setup. He's got awesome boats, fishing his uh, drift awesome boat. Boats. <laughs> yeah, he's got a hard drift boat um, that yeah. he fishes on the Ottawa with, which is yeah. wicked. And he rows you around uh, through all the little rocks and kind of inlets and you know streams within the river. And it's like, yeah, you just catch all kinds of bass, and it's a great day in the water. It's a great day. And then what's, you know, I'm dangling my feet off the back of the, you know. The raft. He had to float the raft, raft for, uh, for the Petawawa, which is a more kind of white water, not white water, but more like kind of like you'd, like a trout river almost like you'd see in Montana, you know, like a mm-hmm. fast moving water. You kind of pick fish up in eddies and behind boulders and stuff like that. And he's got his yeah. raft for that because it's shallower. And yeah, Yelma's dangling his feet off the back. And, and poor Idis is in a water master paddling his butt off. And oh, man. There was actually moments where I was like, I don't know if I just, because you get to a point in the Pet- Petawawa River where it's pretty flat, open water for a few miles. You and it's like, to. you got to wow. really row. And Jeff's, Jeff's also uh, a whitewater guy. He rows like he's big into that. Um, yeah. So he, you know, obviously, and he's a guide. So he's like, whatever. He's just, and his boat's built for it. He's just rowing us through that water while he was casting. But I look back and see Idis like, struggling. Those water masters aren't designed for that, for that kind of yeah. row. You know, yeah. he's a big guy. And I was like, Poor guy. But I, yeah, it was just, but it was super yeah. fun. Yeah, super it was fun. super fun. Yeah. And um, it was a blast in the past. And we caught lots of smallmouth and it was just a great summer day. Summer, yeah. summer fishing, you know, that kind of thing we've been waiting for since this, since the winter. Yeah, I remember being in the winter and being like, this is brutal. Like, remember like the winter, COVID winter? Like, 
Mm-hmm. I was in this I was in this room I'm in now just dying, man. You know, like well, it wasn't so bad. We we were at, able we to stay at work. But, but man, it was yeah. uh, it was a long winter and we were thinking about bass and there we were. We were in yeah. it. Now we're in it. And uh yeah, I can't wait to be, you know, to meet John, you know, fully and get guided up in the Sioux, you know. That'd be great. Whenever that will be. Yeah. Awesome. For some Atlantic, some rainbows. I'm more concerned about. I'm more excited about the rainbows than the Atlantic. Surprisingly, I don't know why. I guess because I haven't caught enough rainbows in my te- in my day. But then again, I haven't caught enough. I didn't never caught an Atlantic. I mean, I caught a couple in the credit, the little guys. But you know what? I'm not. I don't know what I'm saying. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Miss you all, though. <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you? Uh, what are you doing this weekend? This weekend's my birthday weekend, man. So yeah, your birthday's some... your birthday's right now. Like when people are listening to this podcast, it's your birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, birthday, Yoma. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. man. Uh, Go Yoma. Right on. So what what so uh <laughs> I got your birthday yeah, gift take... for you, eh? Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah I got you a birthday That's gift. Cool, man. It's I don't I don't mail. need anything. Um it's gonna be here you tomorrow. As fr- you as a friend is good enough, man. Oh, come on now, baby. I gotta get you something. <laughs> it's your sixtieth. Gotta get you something. I know, I know. Hey. <laughs> Big six gray hairs. Yeah. yeah. Getting there, man. But yeah, hanging out with family this weekend, uh, not fishing. And then the next weekend, actually, I'm taking out a friend of mine from uh, the ad community, the advertising industry that, uh, yeah. that we are in. Um, yeah, Carla. Uh, she's new to the fly, to fly fishing, and nice. she's gung-ho, and she wants to get out. And I'm taking her to the Grand for some smallies on the 24th. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, fun. we're gonna yeah, I'm gonna teach her how to like swing for them because it's fun, and then we're gonna pop a little bit in the evening, and then I'll yeah, yep. take her back. So yeah, very excited. Cool, right on, man. Mm. Well, I'm gonna try to fish too. I don't know when, I don't know what, but uh, hope everybody listening at home is is able to get out and enjoy some fishing. Uh, you know, send us an email with some summer fishing stories. Info at soulfly.ca, and we'll read them out on the air. Send us an email. Also. Um, you know that ad that you heard at the beginning of the show, the drift ad, we want you guys to record it. So if you want to be in the show recording a drift ad, please email info at soulfly.ca and just say, <laughs> put me in an ad. I'll read it and then I'll send you the details and, and we'll record it. We'll record it in our, in our thing and, and we'll have you kick off the show. It'll be super fun. Um, it's super easy and, and super fun. And, and yeah, it's fun. Just, you got to do it. Cause then I can, we can introduce you in the show. Um, but everybody, thanks for listening so much. John, thanks for coming on the show. It was awesome talking. Ray, always a pleasure. Looking forward to hitting the water again. Uh, that's it for me, Mitch Yilma. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. Faldo, Faldo was here. He would say, that's it for me. And then, <laughs> and then I would do something stupid. And then, yeah, you'd do something crazy. And, <laughs> and then that would wrap up the show. Ida, thanks so much for going on that trip and taking pictures. Check out our social for more pictures from this trip. And everybody at home, thanks for listening. Have a good one. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.